Ranivamos Tzadi Aleph Amid Beis 91b. And we left off discussing the scenario where we have two witnesses. What happens if you have two witnesses who say the husband died? She goes off and she gets married, relying on these two witnesses to somebody else, and then the husband returns. And the Mishnah said uh, that we follow the position. That she's allowed to stay married to her first husband, to the initial husband. Very different than if it's just one witness. One witness is relying on the courts. And we say that uh, because she should have looked into the matter more, it's, uh, it's specifically allowed because there's only one witness, so we allow it only because she's going to look into the matter. The fact that the husband came back means that she didn't look into the matter well enough. But if you have two witnesses, two witnesses is full proof. So it was basically under duress. It was against her will. And so... That is the position of the Mishnah. Rav in the, in the Talmud, in the Gemara, says that we follow this position of the Mishnah. She's allowed to stay married to her initial husband. And there were various questions that we had on Rav's statement. And one of the questions that we had came from Rav Sheshis. Rav Sheshis says, this is obvious. He doesn't even need to tell this to us because of the phrase of my Havalelamevet. What could have she have done? What could she do? In the end of the day, what could she do? Um, and based on that principle of what, what could she do in the end of the day, we say that she's allowed to stay married to her initial husband. That uh, was against her will. There's nothing else that she could have done, so she's allowed to stay married to her husband. So says the Gemara on this. Masav Ula. Ula asks, Do we really say this principle that uh, because there's nothing else for her to do, so therefore uh, she's allowed to stay married to her first husband? We're going to bring down the Gemara now. We'll bring down a bunch of different cases where, for whatever reason, different scenarios where she uh, thought that she's allowed to get married, that the first marriage ended, either through divorce. Um, our case was that the person died. Uh, the cases of the Gemara now are going to be through divorce. And there was she thought that she was completely divorced. It happens to be there was some issue with the divorce. Uh, that she was unaware of, so she went and married the second person. And then the law is, is that even though when we find out later that uh, there, was, there, was something wrong, there was something wrong with the divorce, she's not allowed to return back to her initial husband, her original husband. Um, so the question is, they can be for all these cases, I don't understand, it was against her will. So we see that if it's against her will, it doesn't make a difference. The fact that she essentially committed adultery because in the end of the day, it was against her will, but in the end of the day, she had relations with another person while she was still currently married. That's the uh, common theme between all of these cases, that she gets married to somebody else while she's still currently married. So we see that we apply all of these rules. All the rules apply where she has to get divorced uh, from both. She has to leave both. Um, and so the question is, what, why? Isn't it my Havala Mavad? Isn't it a case where there's nothing else for her to do? So let's see these cases. Vahatanan, Ulas, don't we say in the Mishnah, we're going to be quoting a lot from the tractate of Gitin, of divorce. Discusses everything about divorce. Vahatanan, Kosov l'shem malchus, she'ena hogenest. L'shem malchus madai, l'shem malchus yavon, l'bidnin abayis, l'churban abayis, hai b'mizrach, v'kosov b'marav, b'marav, v'kosov b'mizrach, te'etimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimimim
um, for all these places, if you if you counted based on the building of the of the temple or based on the destruction of the temple, there's specific rules, and you basically went against these rules. Or whether you were supposed to write either about the person who wrote the get the divorce document or the witnesses there, that uh, you said they were one place, they were really in a different place. The point is that in the end, they you went against how you're supposed to write the divorce document. So we say, oh, she didn't even realize this. She went and married somebody else. She thought that she was divorced. We say, they have to get divorced. He has to, she has to get divorced from the second husband. It's not a real divorce because they were never really married because she was always married to the first husband. But she has to leave and get a divorce. And she also has to get divorced from her first husband. And all the, all the penalties and all the ramifications that apply in our Mishnah also apply there. I understand. What is she supposed to do in that case? What exactly is she supposed to do? So the Gemara says, no. The point is that she should have carefully read over it well, had somebody else read over it, uh, to make sure that everything was proper. So in that case, there's no proof that uh, what else could she have done. No, there's more that she could have done because she could have uh, had somebody uh, read it over well to make sure that somebody who's knowledgeable in the laws of uh, Gitin, of divorce documents, to make sure that everything was proper. But she didn't do that, so therefore... She's held accountable. As opposed to our case, our case, she's relying on two witnesses. Two witnesses is the best proof you could have, and so therefore, she is allowed to return back to her first husband. Okay, next case. Amar, Rebsimi, Barashi, Tashma. We have the following case. This is an interesting case. Hakone says, Yevimto, Essentially, the case is where you have a case of Yibam. Again, we're going back to, returning back to Yibam. You have a husband who passed away without any children. He has two co-wives. He, has two, he was married to two women. And one of the women did Yibam with her brother-in-law. So they did Yibam. The other one, what did she do? Now that one wife does Yibam, so then she could go ahead and marry anybody that she wants. So she went and she got married. But it happens to be, they find out later that uh, the, the co-wife that did Yibam, she's actually an islandist. She's a woman who cannot have children. It's found out to be that she can't have children. The law is, is that if she can't have children, so then she's totally exempt from the mitzvah of Yibam. She, with somebody who can't have children is not a, doesn't get involved in the mitzvah of Yibam. So it's like there was no Yibam which took place, which means if no Yibam took place, so then the other co-wife still has to do chalitza Yibam, but she still she went ahead and she married somebody else. So uh, what's the law? So the law is, unfortunately, because she's still in the situation where she has to do Yibam or chalitza, she wasn't allowed, really, to marry somebody else. We say they have to get divorced. Uh, she has to leave her, she has to get divorced, do chalitza with the brother-in-law. Um, and all the rules that apply, that apply in the mission, all the penalties that apply, apply in this case also. So the Gemara says, I understand why. Why don't we say that this is all against her will? What, what do you want her to do? The other co-wife did yibum. So she's good to go. She's good to go. She, she did what she was supposed to do. There's nothing else for her to do. So how could she be, how could she be penalized for this? And, how come she can't uh, do Yibam with the original brother-in-law? Seymour says, no, in that case also, and the Ritva, one of the classic commentators, explains, this means that we're dealing with a case here where there are already some signs that uh, the co-wife who turned out to be somebody who can't have children, there were certain signs already that one could tell that she wouldn't be able to have children in the future. And so therefore, the co-wife who went off uh, and, and got married to somebody else Really, she should have waited. She should have waited, specifically in this case, where you know, you know that uh, 
there's a, ch- a good chance that the co-wife who did Yibam was not allowed to because she wouldn't be able to have children, so therefore you have to wait in that case. Okay, Amar Abaye. Abaye then gives a similar case, not exactly the same case, but Tashma. Call Arayah Shamar Potras Tarasen, Hachlut Tsaras Venisu Venimtu Elu Islandis, Tate Mizea Mizea Vachol Hadrachem Ha'elu Ba. Essentially, what's the case here? We know that this is the very first mission of this entire tractate, going back all the way to the beginning. If a man, again, a case of Yibam, he passes away without any children, he has, he has two co-wives, he's married to two women. One of them, let's say, is a relative of the brother-in-law, meaning, let's say, a man marries his niece. So he gets married to his niece. And um, so, therefore... Uh, since he marries his niece, his brother's daughter, so then they can't do Yibam because it's a, it's a brother-in-law and sister-in-law, but it's also a father and daughter. So there is no mitzvah of Yibam in that case. And so therefore, not only is there no mitzvah of Yibam, but it also exempts the co-wife. The co-wife is also completely exempt. So that was a case, a case where the co-wife was also completely exempt. She went ahead, she married somebody because she's completely exempt from doing Yibam or Chalitza. But then it's found out, we find out that uh, really uh, the daughter who was married to the uncle, uh, was is somebody who's an islandist, somebody who can't have children in that context, since they can't have children. So she's also out of the picture when it comes to Yibam. She's completely out of the picture when it comes to Yibam. That means the co-wife should have done Yibam Rechalitza. In the meantime, she didn't. She married somebody else. She married somebody else when she wasn't allowed to. So, But we say the same halacha, the same law applies. She has to get divorced from both. Divorced from the second second relationship, divorced from the first relationship. Uh, she has to leave She has to leave both. Why? Why don't we say uh, that what else could, there's nothing else for her to do. Uh, she, she did everything she was supposed to do. What else was she supposed to do? So the Gemara says, no. In that case also, same answer. It was also, that also was a case, limited to a case where we already could tell there's certain signs that she's not able to have children. So therefore she should have waited. In that case also, a very similar case, she should have waited. Okay. A few more cases. As well, where we question this idea about just because she sh- she should have waited, does that mean that she really is allowed to? Re- that sorry, that certain cases where it was it was nothing else for her to do. So therefore, in our Mishnah, we say she's allowed to return back to her first husband. So we have various cases which seem to imply that no, she's not allowed to return to her first husband, and we try to answer those cases. Okay, so the next case is as follows: Amar Rava, Rava has the following question: Tashma, the case is as follows. Kasav sofer get lish v'shover liisha v'tav v'nasan get liisha v'shover lish v'nasan zelaz v'zelaz v'lachman zman ari haget yotzei mitachas deish v'shover mitachas deisha teitim mizem mizem v'chol drachem ha'iluba. Sense of the case is as follows: the way it works is that the sofer, the person who writes the divorce document, he gives the divorce document to the husband, so that the husband can give it to the wife. That's the order. That's the order of how to get divorced. The husband has to give it to the wife. The wife also has a piece of paper, which is really basically saying that it's a receipt, saying that you paid me everything that you need to pay me for the divorce, including all the payments that you need that's based on the responsibility of the ksuba that was he made responsible, he, he took upon himself through the ksuba. So he, she gives it to him, uh, this piece of paper, this receipt, when he pays her to show how he has fully paid off all of his obligations. So, 
the sofer, the scribe, gives something to the man, something to the woman. He gives the get, the divorce document to the man, to then give it to his wife. He gives to the woman the receipt. So what happens? By accident, he flips the two. And he gave the receipt to the husband, and then the husband gave the wife the receipt. He gave the divorce document to the wife. The wife then gave the divorce document to the husband. So nothing was fulfilled when it comes to the divorce document. It has to be given from the husband to the wife. In this case, it was given from the wife to the husband. But they made a mistake. They didn't realize. Much later on, so they come out, and they, she, she in the meantime marries somebody else, but then she, she wakes up and she says, you know, this is not even the divorce document. I never got the divorce document. So what happens? So we say that she still she has to get divorced from her second husband because she was never originally divorced. She was always married to her first husband still. She then has to get divorced from her first husband uh, because uh, all these laws apply, all these penalties apply. And the Gemara asks, why? Why do these penalties apply? I don't understand. There's nothing else for her to do. So the Gemara is going to answer the same answer that we had originally by Lele Kriyikita that she should have read the divorce document except for earlier it was read the divorce document uh, perhaps before it was given to her. Now we're saying that not, not only do you have to read the divorce document before it's given to you, you have to read the divorce document after it's given to you, right after it's given to you. Make sure that you got the actual paper, the right paper. And that's really on you. So there is something else that you could have done. In that case, there is something else you could have done. You didn't do it, so we penalize you. But in our case, you're allowed on two witnesses. There's nothing else that you could have done. And finally, the last case. Amr Ravashi. Ravashi says, Tashma. We have the following case. Of the following, sorry, the second to last case, not the last case. Uh, Let's say the sofer messes up on the divorce document. He writes the wrong name or the wrong city. That also disqualifies the divorce document. You cannot get divorced if you have the wrong name or the wrong city. And she doesn't realize she marries somebody else. We say that they have to get divorced from both. She has to get divorced from both, and all the penalties apply. But same question. What could she have done? You're going to answer the same answer as the Gemara. You buy Lele Kri Gita. She should read the divorce document. The same answer that we've been giving the whole time. There is something else that she could have done. She could read the divorce document, which is what the Gemara answers. The reason why we bring down this case, some of the commentators point out, we already had the answer beforehand, is because this is really a case where he had two names. Some people called him uh, Joe in one city. Other people called him uh, by his Hebrew name, by... uh, his Hebrew name in the other in the other city. He has a different name. One name in one city, one name in a different city. So they didn't even know. Maybe everything was fine because they saw the actual name. They did read it. But the point here is not only do you have to read it, but you have to ask to make sure, well, if they messed up on the name and in this town, they call him by one thing, but in the other town, they call him by something else. So my ladder, but they ended up writing from the, the, the name that he's used to in the other town. Does that work or does that not work? So it's not just enough to read the, the divorce document. You actually have to read it with somebody who's knowledgeable in the laws of divorce. Uh, and so that's what's required. And so that's why we add that. And then now finally, the last case, So we have the following case. Essentially, uh, when Kohanim, when a Kohen, when the husband's a Kohen and he gets divorced, so we make it into, into a, a difficult process. The, the actual divorce process takes longer. It's called a, a folded divorce document. Where you have to fold the divorce document, and you have different have to have different witnesses full, uh, sign on the folds, and the reason behind all of this is really just to delay the process, because we want the Kohen, the husband, to think twice. Because if he divorces his wife, so then they cannot get remarried. Somebody who's a Kohen cannot cannot marry uh, somebody who's divorced. So if he divorces his wife now, there's no opportunity whatsoever to return back to his wife, and so we basically do this form of a, of a divorce document. 
which uh, requires many signatures and uh, and it takes a long, longer time just so that he thinks about it for a little bit longer. Does he really want to do this? Because th- this has uh, there's, n- there's no turning back at that point. And so what happens if they have this type of divorce segment where you need to have all these different signatures, but you don't have it. If you don't have those signatures, you have two witnesses, which is the, the minimal amount that you need, but you don't have everything else. So we say it's not good because this is the type of divorce segment they required for a Kohen. So in this case, she thought she was divorced. She went and she got married to somebody else. We say she still has to get divorced from both. All the penalties apply. Here too. My What could she have done? What exactly could she have done? So the answer is the same thing. You should have read the get. You should have read the divorce document. You should have. And what they mean here is not just to read the divorce document. What's adding here is read the divorce document. Not just somebody who's knowledgeable in the laws of divorce, but really specifically to the Beisden, to the court. Because they are the most knowledgeable. So go to the court. Make sure everything is perfect. She didn't do that. But the whole point is by in our case, where two witnesses said the husband died, there's nothing else that she could have done. And therefore she uh, is allowed to return back to her first husband. The next couple lines of the Gemara is extremely important. Because it's true. Our Misha says that when it comes to two witnesses, that uh, there's nothing else that you could have done. And so therefore... You're allowed to return back to your first husband, but we're going to see that the conclusion of the Gemara is not like that. Repapa There was a certain story where Repapa wanted to allow the wife, where the, where the witnesses said, your husband is no longer alive. Uh, two witnesses, they wanted, he wanted to allow, and then she married somebody else, and the husband came back. He wanted to allow her to return back to her first husband. That's what she wanted. But Amar Le'er Vuna Breja Vishul Repapa. So, Rav Huna says to Rav Papa, I don't understand. We just brought a whole list of different cases where there's uh, really difficult scenarios where she goes ahead and gets married after she thought she was divorced. And we said in all of those cases, she's not allowed to return back to her first husband. Rav Papa responds back, I understand. I'm related. But we answered all those, all those cases. In all those cases, she could have done something else. She could have read the divorce document. She could have waited a little bit. What about in our case? But he says, So Rav Huna says back, just because you have one way of explaining all these different cases, does that mean, and, and these are difficult answers, does that mean we should rely on it? No, we don't rely on it. In the end of the day, says Rav Huna, and this is how we follow, even with two witnesses, you're not allowed to return back to your first husband. Why? So, it, it, it's difficult to understand. In the end of the day, what could she have done? So some want to say that no, even with two witnesses, she still should have looked into the matter. It's so serious that even with two witnesses, and the Torah tells you you can rely on two witnesses, but you still have to look into it uh, very seriously. And, and uh, the fact that the husband came reflects on the fact that you didn't look at it at it uh, as seriously as you could have. Um, and we say that you, even in that case where there are two witnesses and the Torah says you can rely on two witnesses, you still have to leave and get divorced from your first husband. And that's the conclusion of the Gemara. This is, this is in fact, uh, how we follow. Others give different, different explanations, how it is, how is it possible that she can't return back to her first husband, but uh, it's not for now. It really requires uh, more analysis. Let's just read a few more lines of the Gemara, and then we'll conclude. Alma Ravashi, Ravashi says, a new, new point, totally new point. Ula kala lo Essentially, if we have... Uh, uh, Two witnesses um, that, uh, or one witness that says that the husband died and then she marries somebody else. We say if the husband returns, so then obviously she has to get divorced 
and leave her second husband. It was never a second husband. Rav Ashi says, but that's only if the husband returns. But if there's just a rumor out there that the husband's alive after we had witnesses, rumors we don't care about. If there's a rumor that, that comes up, we don't care about that. Uh, she's allowed to stay married to her second husband. So the Gemara asks, Hi, Kala, what, what rumor are we talking about? If it's a rumor that comes up after, they, after she married her second husband, this Ravashi already discussed. Ravashi said elsewhere that whenever there's a rumor that happens after the couple gets married that would undermine the whole marriage, we don't listen to that. If it happened after the marriage, if it happened before the marriage, it's a different story. But if a rumor comes up after the marriage, for example... Um, a Kohen, right? A Kohen is not allowed to marry somebody who's divorced. So let's say uh, there was no rumor before they got married. After they get married, all of a sudden there's a rumor that says that she, she got divorced from a, from a previous uh, marriage. Uh, so we don't listen to that. If it's just a rumor, we don't listen to that after the marriage. So here too, wh- why would you think differently? Ravashi already discussed this. My answer is no. Since we're discussing a case where there's only one witness who said that the husband died, and you needed to go to the court to allow her to get married again, you had to go to Bezdin, you had to go to the court to allow her to get married again, that means that there was some doubt that we had in our mind. We have a doubt in our mind. We even tell her, look into the matter, um, because we're not 100% sure. So since we're not 100% sure, so then you might have thought that even a rumor which happens after they get married, so then... It's like it's a continuation of the doubt that we were in from before the marriage. We were never confident that the husband, that's what you might have thought. You're never confident that the husband was really not alive. You're relying on one witness. So maybe the rumor afterwards is really supporting our uh, thought process from before. Comes Ravashi and says, no, Kamash Malan, that no, it's not true. Even if there's a rumor that comes, the point is that it comes after they got married we don't listen to that rumor. We don't listen to the rumor after they get married. The rumor says that the husband's alive. It doesn't matter. We need the husband to return. In order for her to leave her marriage, the husband has to return. Or let's say you have two witnesses. But uh, you, need to have, you need to have the husband return. We do not rely on a rumor. Okay, that concludes this part of the Gemara. We will continue with the analysis of the rest of the Mishnah and continue with the next Mishnah in the next couple of recordings.